Welcome to episode 173 of College Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South. On today's episode, we discuss the Big Ten schedule release, week zero and week one lines released by Circa Sports, what you guys, the fans, are looking forward to the most this season. Of course, we bring back Who's Sadder Than Marler, and we get into the uncensored moment of the week. This episode, of course, is brought to you by Texas Pete. Downset sauce like you mean it. Go to texaspeat.com, promo code uncensored to get 20% off anything you want on the website. We're talking recipes, which you don't have to pay for, uh, apparel, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and of course, all your favorite Texas Pete condiments. I prefer, and, and Chris, please feel to chime in. I know, you know, it's, it is a cold open, but my favorite is the Texas Pete dust. I just sprinkle a little bit on the fries on that. So and the cold about that takes me dust. Uh, you can find our show as well as the other shows on our network on our website Saturday down south.com. You can go to Apple and Spotify. Join us live during the regular season for mm-hmm. a live recording of the show every Monday at actually it'll be Sundays uh, uh, eight Eastern time on the Saturday down south YouTube page. Find clips from the show on all of our socials at Sat Down South is the YouTube or at Sat Down South one. Chris, please fill in the listeners on. I know you got. I, th- I know. I know the socials are up in the air these days with what the with the. No, they're not are. up in the air. I'm actually currently for this week. I'm in charge because Alex is on vacation. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's been actually like I, I have been like giving him crap about it about how he is like not here for like the super regionals and all that kind of stuff, but I've enjoyed it so much. Cause I, I forgot how much fun it is. I can talk trash to anybody. I've been doing it to Bama. All right. Place. Give them the socials, Chris sat down South. Love it. All right. Yeah. Go to sat down South everywhere or at CFB underscore uncensored. And now here's the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of College Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Night South. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me as always, my co-host, partner in crime, Chris Marler. Chris, we're down to one show a week in the offseason, which we don't talk about, you know, I'll, I'll take a page out of Pate's book, there is no offseason. Right. Especially in the NFL, but now college is starting to fill that void as well. You've got Transfer Portal open through spring, now you got official visits. It feels like now... Kids are taking their official visits like during the summer and making a decision before their senior year. So, like, but also, like, I think you're going to see that for most kids who are, what's the best way to put this, who are like legit and their ranking isn't going to change much. Like, it is still weird. The only signing period is weird for people that are going to have like late bloomers and and, like get signed after your senior season. Like, guys like, like, Lad McConkie, I think Brock Bowers maybe even was like this. I know Kirby was talking about how he's like, how is nobody recruiting this kid? Um, Josh Jacobs is another story like that. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, and I, I, We talked about this a little bit last week, too. The COVID year, and on top of all the changes, has really changed a lot of stuff. But it seems like a lot of the bigger names are taking their officials in the summer. Well, it's, it's an interesting – I mean, college football is always changing. But I, to me, yeah. if you're like a fringe prospect where you're going to either – like your best offer going into the December signing period is Michigan state. Right. So like pretty good, but not what you want. Right. You shouldn't sign in December. You should wait because when, when programs don't fill what they need in that early signing period, then they start to get a little bit desperate. It sounds bad to say, but it's true. Like, let's say, you know, obviously I'm a fan of Florida State. Let's say we miss on safety in the early signing period. Well, now that safety that was being heavily recruited by Michigan State, now we're going to take a closer look at him because most of our options are off the board. So now that prospects, uh, prospects for college are maybe elevate themselves. And that's how the portal works as well because now there's two two signing periods in the portal. So – if you're like on that fringe, like it's probably behooves you to not sign in the early signing period and have people battle it out for you going into February. I don't like you telling me what behooves or yeah, doesn't. I said behooves. Be I said it. Yeah. Um, no, I, I saw this because 
I've been getting in, I'm trying to get back into recruiting a little bit, but also trying to get like, I've been, I've been following way too many like, like college baseball stuff. I think probably just cause like we're in like super regionals, all that kind of stuff. Um, but Mike Matthews is a, is a top 10 overall player receiver Parkview. from Parkview. And I was looking at his list and he's got like, he went to Clemson this weekend. He had a viral uh, video that, that went out. Clemson is like doing work on the recruiting trail right now. Yeah, they are out of nowhere too. Cause it felt like they were kind of falling asleep on the recruiting trail. Mm-hmm. It's weird. You know, they, uh, so obviously Florida state and Clemson are kind of battling now again for the number one spot in the ACC over the last, I, I want to say two or three years, Florida state has brought in 45 or in the forties transfers and Clemson has brought in one. That's insane. So, so we're about to, to really see. So I, I kind of felt like Clemson was a little bit falling off on the recruiting they trail. Lost. Uh, Probably close to about the same, although, well, I don't know what Clemson's lost, but Florida State is kind of upgraded uh, everywhere. Yeah, um, right. And uh, so it's going to be a real test to see like what strategy works the best over the last couple of years. Um, but Clemson, it seemed like had fallen off even really on the national scale when it came to high school recruiting. But recently they've been like absolutely killing it. And now it kind of seems like Florida is like all world five-star quarterback that they have committed for 2024 maybe looking at Clemson a little harder, which, you know, they just lost a commit to Georgia on, on at running back. So Napier's a little bit, he's, he's, he's a little bit. In I, trouble. Just feel bad. I know I got the haircut. So I look like Billy Napier. Yeah, you do. Like, Bro. I tried to get myself a little fade on the side this weekend. I don't, I just don't think it looks bad. I just don't. I don't, I don't either. I think you should go Mohawk. Yeah, I could do that. Let's see. We'll like see. keep I, going I the say- top. And then yeah. just shave the sides real tight. <laughs> real tight. Um, no, I, so I think that, and the thing that's interesting about Clemson, we'll, we'll start with this just like, because it is, you know, we, we have obviously have our segments we're going to get into. And, and so, but I did, did see this last week that Clemson getting a five star receiver in addition to Sammy Brown, who is Sammy Brown seems like. I'm shocked he didn't go to Georgia. I'm not because, because I don't know where he would have fit. Sure. I, like, I hate to say it, he's an in-state guy, and so it's like it's it's kind of like funny to see. Like, I mean, the five stars that, that Dabo has plucked out of Clemson or out of Georgia over the years have been like, I mean, you took Deshaun Watson, who I know was like a Trevor high Lawrence, player, Trevor Lawrence, number one player in the country. I mean, I mean, dude, the state of Georgia had two of the highest rated quarterbacks in the history of college football, and you get one technically, and then you ended up losing him too, which yeah. is just kind of insane. Justin Fields, yeah, and so, but like. The Sammy Brown thing, I don't think it's anything like cause of con- like cause for concern because they're so deep at linebacker. Um, I don't know where he would fit, but it does seem like a Brian Erlacher type. Like, listen, I'll say it: people are gonna love Sammy Brown because he's got a mullet and he fits. He fits the. He's Clemson. like basically uh, Quinn Ewers in like linebacker form. And he, yeah, and 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 Davo loves a sneaky athletic defensive player that's all i'll say he um, does like who's that, how many who's have that, you seen over the over the years who's that linebacker that was like finger and buttholes fucking fucking big bullwear was the worst yeah that guy is the, the worst, worst linebacker ever and he was like a two-star he was like a, a walk-on yeah that guy, i can't imagine how people this sammy brown kid's gonna annoy the shit out of me i can already tell <laughs> no but i will say that getting the, the five-star receiver is huge i don't know if they land matthews i think that he, they lead for him um, he's also looking at Tennessee, which is like, I mean, if you're a receiver and you're talking about going to like a, an offense where you can put up numbers, look what Hyatt or look what Heupel did in year two with Jalen Hyatt. Um, I think that, I think it's a great, great, uh, great move. But yeah, anyway, so the, it's, I think it's good. I honestly, I think it's kind of good for the sport to have something in, and you're going to need to have some sort of parody in, in the East anyway, or in the ACC anyway. You do. Um, and I think you've, Whatever the ACC, like, how long is the ACC going to be a thing? It's going to probably be the next five years. It's going to dissolve in the next, like, three. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, Clemson chugging right along. It is kind of weird that some of these top prospects from Georgia are not going to Georgia, considering the recent case for a while. Look at last year. You've got uh, Sammy Brown, who's the number one linebacker in the country, out of Georgia, going to Clemson. DJ Matthews, not quite the – or not DJ Matthews, uh, Mike Matthews. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two receiver, I believe, uh, out of Parkview, like we said, going to Love potentially it. Clemson, but not Georgia, maybe Tennessee. 
You've got the number one tight end of the country is from Georgia. He was committed to Georgia, now committed to Florida State. Let's go. Um, so it is kind of strange uh, considering – and, I, and like Georgia high school football recruiting has come such a long way where it's maybe surpassing some of the traditional is, states like California. It, it like, is so far past California. So it's just surprising to me that Georgia and now nobody signed anything yet. And I'm not going to put anything including four states own Landon Thomas, the number one tight end in the country. I'm not going to put anything past Georgia until we get past signing day and these kids land on a campus somewhere. Cause I know how hard Kirby smart and his staff recruit. And I know how much resources we've seen the stats. They have more resources than anyone in the country dedicated to the recruiting. So yeah. Let's be real. Things are not in pin yet, but the fact that some of these top recruits from Georgia are not committing to Georgia is a weird thing to me. And I it's like, not a concern. I, it's just weird. Yeah, that's the yeah. only that's the only way to put it. You, like you have, like you think about you list off everything from this year. You look at last year. Seven of the top ten recruits in the state of Georgia went somewhere else now three of them went to georgia like it's not like they're they're competing with tech and they're not even completely competing with florida really i think only one of those players went to tennessee and he was the 10th ranked um but but bama and clemson compi- are combining for like the the top three overall like you miss on all three of those the year before you have six of the 10 go out of state including the number one player in the country who was never really even considering them necessarily um which is which way What's what's the player? Remind me. Travis Hunter. Oh yeah. Well, that was that was weird. Yeah, but then he, he but, was he flirted with them. That was like going into signing day as a Florida State fan. I was like, man, Georgia. You know, they're they're laying all their crates. Right. Like, if anything, if we were gonna lose them, I thought it would be to to Georgia. So that yeah. But but here's the other thing too is like you look at like the ones they've landed on. Like I mean, two years ago you miss on Travis Hunter. Who I, I still say we don't know who Travis Hunter is, who he's gonna be. Right. Mm-hmm. And like and, and, and there's five, there were five five stars in the state that year, and three of them went out of state. One went to Georgia or one went to Bama, one went to AM. And then, but the two guys they get, Malachi Starks and Mikael, Michael, Mikael Williams, who Starks, I think, is already a star, in my opinion. Yeah, Michael Williams. I mean, like, but but Williams is going to be a nightmare this year for for other. Like, yeah. I mean, so it's not like they're missing anything, but it is just a very odd trend, I guess. Speaking of trends, let's get into our new segment. Yeah. All right. So uh, the first segment here, we're talking about the Big Ten, obviously releasing their schedule. Um, so, Chris, I'll let you lead the way here, and we'll we'll kind of move into uh, a discussion. Yeah, so uh, here's your quick recap. It's shit. All the teams suck. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, so the, they they did release the it, like this was I don't know what day it was, but they the Big Ten released this on June 9th. So six nine, great day. Last Thursday or Friday, I believe. Um, they come out with. Does it really matter? I mean, it it does because this is like more set in stone than the SEC one. No, I just mean what day of the week six nine showed up on oh, okay either yeah. way it was going to be an elite day yeah very very Sorry. true that didn't land <laughs> so they released <laughs> they released the um the what do you call it the uh the schedules the schedules and they and they show like who each team it's, it was very confusing the way they did it and the link you have in here on the on the um what do you call it does not help but like it they're basically what you're saying is like this is the first year ucla and usc are going to be in the conference um what is the schedule going to look like and they all did their schedule release and to be honest this is for 2025 right yeah yeah no no, no 2024 2024 okay 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 um and it, it didn't seem like anybody too crazy so you have the 24 you have two play opponents what it says that will be played both home and away in 2024 and 2025 so the way that they are calling the schedule it's called the flex protect plus and just like almost everything in the Big Ten, it sounds like a warranty on a vacuum cleaner. Right. Just like, yeah. <laughs> you want to get that Flex Protect Plus package yeah. or what, brother? 
I'll just. It reminds me of the uh, the Kevin Hart scene from uh, Forty Year Old Virgin when he's like, yeah. <laughs> "You're using a lot of big words, and I don't know what that means, but I'm gonna take it to disrespect." Watch your mouth when you're talking to me and make the sale. I'm talking about on the house. <laughs> when he said the thing about, never mind. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so he says you're supposed to be my. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can't say it. We can't talk about that. <laughs> it's such a good scene. Um, anyway, so the only team that I thought got absolutely, like, kind of fucked on this was Rutgers. Like, they just, like, they just threw Rutgers to the wolves, man. Like, they're, Yeah, they're, I mean, they, they kind of realized they're not an entity that they care about too much. So it's like, yeah, you, you guys want to be, be in the mix? We're going to put you in the mix here. And, uh, yeah, but let's be honest. It's Rutgers. They're going to be – it's – they are the, and no offense, but they are the Vandy of the SEC. It's like, no matter right. who they get paired up with, they're going to be screwed. Yeah, and I think I think also the thing that's interesting to me is you, the way they set up the schedule in general is so damn confusing. It, it makes no sense to me, and it's very, very confusing. Um, and they listed 24 and 2025, right? But like when you look at, when you look at what they did with, with like use. UCLA. Now this is, and this is, I saw people that were kind of concerned about this, the SEC, because you're bringing in Texas, you're bringing in OU. I do think that that is like, I was listening to our pod from last week today and you did kind of hit the nail on the head. Like it's not great. It's not a great setup in terms of like what we're doing with college football right now. And it seems like it is just, we are, I, I know the NFL is like the most profitable and watched sport and product in all of sports globally but this sucks to to an extent and, and to be clear that's all that these people that made these schedules cares about that's it that's it none of yeah. this is about the fan none of this is about no, no, like no. the school no. or the universe what i tell you what like I, I hate to be this guy it's so much i thought the ncaa sucked about looking out for student athletes this is so much worse like this is so yeah. much worse. like so ucla is going to travel twenty five thousand miles in their 2024 season, um, in year one, they got they have road games against, or maybe it's 2025, but they have uh, no, it's 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 this it's this. They have Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, and Rutgers all on the road. Yeah, the who they get at home, who they get at home in year one. Oh, congrats on welcome into the uh, the school or welcome into the conference. You get Nebraska, Minnesota, Northwestern all coming to the Rose Bowl. Nebraska will travel for that. The rest yeah. will be half full. Ohio State. And, and here's the other thing too, Tyler. Like, this is like really cool and a novel concept for like a lot of stuff. Like, like SEC fans will want to travel and go see different stadiums. And when you and when you talk about having these like built-in like home and homes where you and I've talked about it, it's like, yeah, I would love to get to Doke. I'd I haven't been to Doke before. It'd be fun to see that. Love to get to the horseshoe, love to get to the big house, like want to go, want to go out to Austin, like and figure out all these like games that are home and home non-con or home and home non-conference games. You think Minnesota fans are going to just pick up and travel out to the Rose Bowl or the Coliseum? Like, do you think Northwestern fans are going to go fill up an eighty-five thousand seat Rose Bowl or or the Coliseum? They don't fill up a forty thousand seat stadium, right? Right. I it, it so that part to me is very confusing as to why we thought this would be good. Like, because because the other part of it too is like, what's great for football is you can start watching all these games at home, but if you think about it too. Like the atmosphere and the big game atmosphere, like it's not going to go away, but this isn't it. No, well, it is that feeling that we've talked about in college football where you're in the stadium, it's your home team, and you got that nervous pit in your stomach because mm -hmm. you know you have to win the game. Right. That, that pretty much goes away in the new right. format. Um, and look, some of these matchups are cool because we haven't seen them before. Like, USC Iowa like that's cool on its face because you got a tough hard-nosed defense against this flashy yeah. offense but like that loses its luster when USC pounds Iowa at home by 40 and it's like okay well that I guess I mean I guess that was cool uh but like now I'm over it you know whereas right. like but there's going to be some really cool matchups like Luke Fickle at Wisconsin. I, I'm interested to see what he does, but like, is he ever going to recruit on the on the level of a USC? Probably not. Um, but like USC, Ohio State, like that needs to be a matchup. Like that's not happening in 2024. 20, USC, Michigan is. Um, right. So like USC, Michigan 
at USC is a cool ass matchup. Like right. how often do you get to see that in college football? Um, so there will be some cool shit that comes out of this, but I think a lot of it will lose its luster after the first couple of years. And it's just going to be like any other conference game where the USC's, the Ohio States, you know, the Michigans rise to the cream of the crop and the rest of them kind of fall into I, I oblivion. Listen, I love the fact that like Rutgers is getting UCLA <laughs> this year. <laughs> Penn State. <laughs> And they're, Michigan. They're, they're in the east. They're in the east. So they, oh, they're, they're going away with division, so it doesn't even matter at this point. And they still no. got, Dude, they're 2024. State, Ohio State, <laughs> like Michigan and Penn State. They like so Rutgers, dude, by dude. Way, Rutgers has spent over 1.1 million dollars in recruiting. They're the second highest like ranked team in the in the Big 10 in recruiting over the last like year. Like they spent over second, they were second in the Big 10. I think just behind Michigan. They were ahead of Ohio State, they were ahead of like every other team. But you gave Rutgers, Maryland, Michigan State, Minnesota, Ohio State all on the road. And then that, you have – Yeah, it could be 0 for 4 there. Illinois, Iowa, Michigan, Penn State, UCLA. Every <laughs> single team I just listed besides Michigan State made a bowl game last year. Yeah, they're in, they're in rough shape. Schedule. But so – and I guess here's the other thing too. It does, it does make me more intrigued to watch the Big Ten. I think the big noon kickoff games are going to be a little bit more fun. And yeah. also not just big noon kickoffs. You're going to have more games throughout the day that I think I'm going to be – like I'm gonna be excited to watch. Like, and maybe the novelty wears off. I don't know. But from the standpoint of what I'm looking at now, if I'm seeing Michigan State at UCLA, I'm probably more prompted to watch that than Texas Vandy. Yeah. Look, the Big Ten is putting together a formidable conference at this point. I mean, yeah. you've got when you've got Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Uh, and Wisconsin and Nebraska really as kind of your blue bloods. And then you throw in a Michigan state that can rise up every once in a while. Iowa is kind of always in the mix a little bit. Then you throw in USC and UCLA in the mix. Like that's a really good conference. There's going to be yeah. a lot of really good matchups every single year. And same with the SEC. I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but it's getting to the point where this, what other conferences really matter at this point? Yeah, I know. Well, which just sucks. It's weird. You know, it's traditionalist. It's like, that's not right. what, really, what you really want, but that's where we're headed. Also, Michigan in 2024 has Texas and someone else in their non-con. Like, they're actually going to have to play a schedule this year. Or that year. They, so, so they'll they'll have Ohio State, USC, Texas, UCLA. They got USC and UCLA, Wisconsin, and... Yeah. That that's a that's a tough schedule in 2024. Jesus. In Texas, somewhere in there. Yeah. So in like I part of me I'll tell you I'll say their right away now. games are and and look like Illinois was actually pretty decent this year and like they're getting better under Bielema. Their and away games in 2024. Texas. Illinois, Ohio State, Rutgers and USC plus I don't know where that Texas game it's probably a neutral side if I had to guess. No, 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 it's 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 like at Michigan I think. Okay. Well, also, let's, let's not forget Illinois almost beat Michigan last year. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then on and then at home, they still have Michigan State, UCLA, Wisconsin, and then like you said, Texas. Plus Minnesota's never I mean, with PJ Fleck, they're rowing the boat over there, Chris. Yeah. Dude, so he, he, and I'll tell you what. May so I, maybe Michigan deserves a pass because they their schedule is shit. Especially in like, so this year will be the first time in three years that Michigan leaves their home state in the month of September at all. And they leave on September 30th, which is the last day of the month to go to Nebraska, who was four and eight last year. Just got it in there. Just got it in there. It's just like, so like, I will say maybe that's why the schedule is so weak because like Harbaugh knew like it's this year or nothing. And I'd say the, the, like, the Joker part of me, like just like create a little anarchy and just watch the world burn type shit. The funniest thing that could happen to anything here. I'll, I'll give you, I'll tell you what, I'll give you the two things that I, I, I that could happen. One good, one bad, one that I want to see. And one that I don't want to see the one that I don't want to see. I worry that this scheduling is going to like devalue the luster of the Rose bowl. And this maybe that's just me as like a, a traditional college football fan. I, I, but I fear that's what's going to happen. The Joker part of me that is just like want to watch the world burn type shit 
What would be hilarious is if you bring in all these teams and you bring in USC and UCLA and Ohio State and Michigan and in year one, like fucking Purdue and and like Nebraska or Purdue and Minnesota play in the title game and like just run roughshod over the entire league. Like I would I would love nothing more than to see Iowa go up against this schedule of Illinois, Minnesota, Ohio State, Rutgers and USC go to Columbus and to the Coliseum in year one, and then you got to play UCLA at home uh, and Wisconsin at home. I would love to see Iowa run the table, go like 12 and 0, 11 and 1, and and like with a scoring offense of like 18 and just fucking, <laughs> just like ruin, ruin. It would be the best. I, I would cheer for that every day. Uh, before we move on, um, did you find it interesting that Ohio State 80 Gene Smith downplayed? probably the most important game on their schedule uh, every year, which was the Michigan game. Did you find that interesting? Maybe it's because they got their ass completely kicked the, the last two years, and they were like, yeah, we're just more worried about you know winning national championships. What do you think about that? I mean, for the most part, I think it's like probably something that is just them being petty. Um Everybody's so focused on just one game. This is the quote from Gene Smith. Everybody's so focused on just one game. We were basically one point away from being in the national championship game. And I think, I think had we got that two points, I'm not so sure about all this chatter. I think he's right. I mean, listen, like this is the day and age where I think Ohio state was one of the top two teams in the country last year. I think they proved that on the field. I, I understand what happened against Michigan, but Michigan had every chance to go get their brains beat in by, by Georgia too. I don't think there was anybody in the country that was going to line up and play Georgia as well as Ohio State did as they did last year. And they did the Bama 2017 route where you don't play in your, your championship game, but everyone knows you're still good enough to be there. And, and they were very close. I mean, if, if they win that game, do you think they lose TCU? Oh, definitely not. Right. So, I mean, like yeah. that Michigan game. And again, this is one of the things like I don't like about all this. I, mean, I hate to be so negative about it, but like I'm in 2017. Bama fans did that whole thing about how the Iron Bowl didn't matter. The Iron Bowl didn't matter. And it was funny to talk shit like that on social media and whatever. But, like, man, Michigan-Ohio State doesn't matter anymore. Like, it's just kind of – it would be kind of crazy. Well, it still matters. I mean, yeah. and, and if you're Ohio State, you still ended the season last year on back-to-back -back losses. So, yeah. don't get so high and mighty. Okay, that's fair. Uh, all right, so Circa – uh, release their week zero slash week one lines. Um, anything stand out to you in particular on this? I mean, obviously there are some interesting matchups. You've got Florida and Utah, Utah, a 10 point favorite at home over under 49 and a half. Um, you've got, uh, let's see, what is the Florida state Florida state and LSU LSU is a three point favorite in Orlando. Um, what else stuck uh, stuck out to you? And is there anything, at least at this point, you know, when when books release lines this early, usually they have pretty low minimums or maximums that you can bet. Yeah. Uh, you can't put a ton on these lines. But anything on the week zero, like North Carolina, a two-point favorite over South Carolina, like that's a really good game. Um, and I'm actually that, – that's got to be neutral site. It's in uh, Charlotte. Okay, yeah. So that should be about 50-50. But I'm still kind of surprised by that. Um Anything stick out to you that you'd be betting on early on here? Okay, so one, I love I love the fact that well, I'm trying to pull it up because I'm, I'm an idiot. I obviously closed out of it. Um, all right, the first thing that stood out to me, the very first thing, because it's week zero and week one lines. Hawaii is listed on here. Twice. <laughs> this is how you know you're degenerate, right here, right here. No, no, no. So, so, um, but Hawaii is listed twice, and. Okay. So they, they have playing the week game? zero and week one. Right, right. But the point is, they're listed twice, and and they're one's on the road at Vandy, and they're an 18-point underdog. Yeah. Now, Vandy kicked their ass last year. Yeah. And, and the best bet and the best win I had the entire year, and I did really well on my picks last year. But the first quarter over of 13 and a half, when, when it was 7 nothing. And on the last play of the first quarter, Hawaii fumbled and, and Vanderbilt picked it up and ran it in for a touchdown. And I was like, it was the best gift I've ever received. Um, but 
week one, they're also listed as a home game against Stanford, who was one of the worst teams in all of Power 5 last year. They're a double-digit underdog in there, too. How is that possible? It's tough. Hawaii has not traditionally been great. No. No, they haven't. But I just I'm going to tell you one that really sticks out to me. Um, both on the, I would definitely bet the, um, favorite, even if they are a road favorite and uh-huh. then one that is like kind of laugh out loud, funny to me. So Louisville minus eight over Georgia tech. I think Louisville is actually gonna be sneaky, pretty good this year. People forget they got Brian Brom from Purdue yeah, who he was like, you know, he's a Louisville QB Louisville native. They actually yeah. have some pretty decent. So Louisville, like. Actually, Sneaky has a really good NIL program. Mm-hmm. They've got pretty decent talent. Georgia Tech is go. They were already bad, and they're also going through a coaching change. You know, they hired the interim Brent Key, but still, I think that's a great bet for the first week. Minus eight for Louisville on the road. It's mm-hmm. not like Georgia Tech has a, a raucous crowd. Miami, Kingo, baby, Haynes, Miami, F- Miami, Florida playing Miami of Ohio, and Miami Florida is only a seventeen point favorite. I would hammer that. <laughs> that is. That seems like it's free money. It does, which makes me want to take Miami of Ohio. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have plenty of time on that. Here's an interesting one. Purdue is a six-point favorite of Fresno State at home. With Fresno State lost Jake Heaps. Um, but also, Fresno State has been incredible against the spread against Power 5 opponents. I'll jump on. I'll say here's one thing I will say about my favorite team. Um, Alabama, 39-point favorite over Middle Tennessee State. Like, the cynic in me is screaming at the top of my lungs to take MTSU. Because they're going to be like figuring out quarterback stuff. Th- that and the fact that they have Texas next week. So you're not going to show anything. However, That's true too. Bama's 12 and 2 against the spread in week one games since Saban's been there. Going into last year. That was going into last year. They're, so now they're 13 and 2. Um, it kind of seems like a bad move to be betting on that game. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm just saying it stood out, dickhead. You don't need to judge me. <laughs> uh, how about how about here's a sneaky, sneaky fun game uh, in week one: Coastal Carolina on the road at UCLA. UCLA breaking in a new quarterback, but you're on, you're at home, and you're going up against 17th year Grayson McCall. That's kind of interesting. I'll tell you one that I would that I would probably hammer is A and M minus 40 against New Mexico, which sounds. <laughs> But you know that Bobby Petrie, like, listen, this is. Can they score 40 points, though? For real. I'm not even lying. Or, like, trying to be well, funny. There's so many weather delays now. It's, if you watch any of college baseball this weekend. So, there's probably going to get several chances to regain plan. Um, no, but here's the thing. This is this is purely based on, and I think it's a good pick, purely based on the fact that you look at the way, um, like, I'm trying to think of a good example of, of who I've said this about in the past. Like, like Lane Kiffin. Or, or Hugh, Hugh Freeze isn't one of them, but like I've said a lot of times, like Lane Kiffin is a big enough dickhead to cover the spread against such and such. If you don't think that the combination of Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino, them like hands down, there's not a worse combination of people to be trying <laughs> to put up points. And also, they have to, they have to in week one and get yeah. the, like, if they go out there and do what they did last year, where it's like a 17 nothing halftime against like Sam Houston State. The fan base will be already pissed in week. Oh yeah, and that that's what's going to make Jimbo right. and and Petrino like. Oh, I can't wait! I hope it happens. Um, well, go ahead. Well, I well let's let's continue with twenty twenty three because I want to do a quick jump forward to twenty twenty four. Week one next year is incredible. Oh, let me let me hear it. I haven't I haven't looked at this at all. Uh, also, okay, so real quick, real you've quick. got Clemson in Georgia in Atlanta. You've got Notre Dame at Texas A&M. Oh, this one's like kind of a sneaky, cool one. Georgia State at Georgia Tech. Oh, that's fun. Like within the city is cool. Miami, yeah. Florida at Florida. Uh, and then you've got on a, I believe, Sunday night, LSU versus USC in Las Vegas. In Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like week one next year is awesome. I'm pretty sure LSU is also going to UCLA that year, too. Damn, who's scheduling games over there? Well, yeah, it's it's just that one season, but yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, really like awesome week one next year. Um, but but this year's going to be great too. I mean, dude, LSU, Florida State is going to be like 
a great start to the season. Yeah. I can't wait. I, I honestly, I, I tell you what, the worst, the worst thing these two eyes, four eyes, have seen all off season. Okay. The worst thing. Like Big Ten football is fun to bet on at the beginning of the year. Because Ohio State first half, all that kind of stuff. Ohio State 27 points at Indiana. I would hammer that all day. The worst thing these four eyes have ever seen. Northwestern at Rutgers week one. Rutgers is a six-point favorite. The over-under <laughs> is 40 and a half. Dude. And kill me. I, that's I'm gonna just I'm just gonna hate bet that game. <laughs> I was just like yeah, just I'm gonna every first quarter under, halftime under. Third or you know, second half under every quarter under. Like, Tyler, I just, Saturday? Oh, I punished myself for three and a half straight hours. I bet every under you could. Yeah. <laughs> just just sadder like than, sadder than Marler, me <laughs> betting those games. I love it. I love it. All right. That's a look at the, the week one um and week zero lines release. That's what we're excited about. Let's talk about what you guys are excited about because I put this question out here earlier. We're like 80 something days away. Right, I think we're eighty. Yeah, we're gonna, yeah, it's gonna go fast, dude. It's already we're already in mid June. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that. If um, the if if fucking ES, EA Sports would have, I, I don't know what the deal was, but we should we should have the game by now. What is what are like real quick? What are these kids talking about? I hate to sound so old, but what the hell are they talking about? Trying to boycott a video game. Like it can't, it can't be most, it cannot be most student athletes. It can't be. It can't be. And we didn't put this in the, in the, in the, what do you call it? In the, in the rundown that we got in the rundown. Yeah. But, but Deion Sanders honestly broke this down tremendously well because I think, I think you're starting to see the bubble start to like, I don't say pop, but it's like, you know, kind of getting a little bit shaky. Like you see, like in bubbles, you're a big bubble guy. You get it. I'm, like, I love bubbles. You, that's one thing I've always said about you. Yeah. Tyler fucking loves bubbles. Yeah, you but love like, them or hate them, but you got you got some sort of feeling towards them, and that's the best part about it. I don't want listen. I don't want to divide the room, so I don't want to keep doing this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, I mean like bubbles, <laughs> bubbles um, in general. Her name bubbles. What was that? Her name bubbles. What okay, so it, but like yeah, I think the bubbles about to burst on the nil stuff because. This your boycott and like the person who's trying to spearhead boycotting this, I don't even know if he's still playing college football, but he was the 2019 center for Clemson that no one's ever heard of, that is is been out of college football for however long, and he's like we ought to boycott. We're only getting five. You're getting five hundred dollars to be in a video game, and there's like four players that would move the needle on like whether that thing would sell or not if they're not in it. Well, I tweeted this out, and if you have, you don't follow me, it's at Tyler Huck on Twitter. Um, I'm pretty sure that, like, legitimately over 90% of college football players wouldn't even have to get paid to be in the game. Like, I, I wouldn't do that. If you're 18, 19, 20 years old, and all you do, especially in, in Generation Z, as they call them, or whatever, I don't even know what college players' generation is now. Let's say they're Gen Z. They all play, they all play video games. They all stream the shit. They, they, that's what they do. And right. to tell to tell me that most of these kids don't feel like they're getting enough by being in a fucking video game. Right. Come on. Like that's the that's the coolest thing you could ever think about. Like if you're 18 years old and your life is like centered around video games, which a lot of these kids like that's that is right. Like that's a huge up and coming industry is like being a professional gamer. We, yeah, me and you don't understand that at 37 years old, but that's like a huge thing for younger yeah, generation. I don't like you lumping me in with what you behoove and, and what you think 37 year old should be it doing. It does behoove you, Chris. It does behoove me. But no, I will also say this. I think that like Peter Burns put out a tweet about this the other day. He was like, I would literally send off like money and like a whatever cartridge or whatever the fuck it would be to a stranger I met on the internet about downloading. All the names on like for every team. In Pasta Padre was the guy. He had all the was rosters. Yeah. yeah. So like, so like anybody would do that. Anybody will still do that. Like the game's going to happen. Like the game's going to yeah. happen. So shut up. But like yeah. also, and, and like I've, I've been a huge proponent of getting of these kids getting paid. And I think it's fair. And I think it's funny to watch the NCAA burn, all that kind of stuff. However, like 
you also have to have so, like i mean fucking not to quote drake but like know yourself know your worth dude like what are you talking about and the kids that are like who would actually be worth more than the 500 dollars are most likely getting a shit ton of nil money from other stuff anyway right i just it, the whole thing is so weird it's so weird anyway um all right let's get into our next segment the segment's going to be about what you guys are most excited about this upcoming football season Tyler, pull up Twitter and go to the SDS Sat Down South on Twitter. I posted the question earlier. There should be a couple on there. What we're going to do is I'm going to ask you some of these, and you can you can do the same. Um, or I'm going to I'm going to repeat what people said about what they're excited about, and then I want you to tell me on a scale of one to ten what you're most ex- or what how excited you are about the same thing. Okay. Um, all right. Let's see here. <laughs> right off the bat, somebody said watching Alabama not win the Natty. Um, okay. I, what am I, yeah. how excited am I for that? No, I don't want you to answer that one. There's another one. <laughs> there's another one that says Louisville, Georgia tech, which is, nice. well, I mean, I, you know, I, I would bet on that. I don't know that I'm excited about it. That's, that's probably it too. Um, okay. Here's a good one. Uh, from, I'll put it this way. It's in, it's in the first week. So I'm excited because I won't have watched college football for months. And so I'll put it at a four. How about that? Okay. That's fair. Um, all right. Um, okay. From Patrick Daly, 25. He said, Sam Hartman at Notre Dame. Scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for Sam Hartman at Notre Dame? Uh, I'm probably at a 6 because I think Notre Dame has struggled to put together good quarterback play for a while. I think Sam Hartman is a really good QB for college. I don't know that he's a great pro, pro, pro prospect. And it's probably written in the fact that he's entering in his 17th year in college football. But I think he is a very good college quarterback. And, you know, I'm not totally in tune to how well Notre Dame has recruited on a, like, playmaker uh, perspective. They've had one five-star skill player in the last um, three classes combined. That's good for me to know because that downgrades right, no, my excitement. It's, top 100. it's actually it's 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 one top one hundred skill position player in the three years that Tommy Reese was the coordinator there, and it was Michael Mayer. And he's gone now. So yeah, i i my excitement level is dwindling as we discuss this. Okay, so mine is I'm gonna say you said a six. I would love to say go. It, mine's a midnight, but I don't want to be that person. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna sure. say mine is probably an eight. Okay. I think Notre Dame, and now listen, you said they haven't had a lot of good quarterback play. Ian Book was really good at Notre Dame. He was That's he true. was basically white Kellen Mond plus. He was <laughs> he was like they were kind of similar. That's right? another that's another vacuum cleaner warranty. Yeah. You want <laughs> white. the white Kellen Mond plus. <laughs> Bro, you you have done the same thing that I've had to do at least once. We're going to pick out white. That should be a segment, is we should describe white paint because <laughs> I'll never forget going to do this with Allie one time. And they were like, what kind of white are you looking for? I'm like, do you have a, like, I'm looking between something like a duck white. And also like in between that and knows the difference between Vanessa Carlton and Michelle Branch white. (laughs) And the person just like stared at me and I was like, all right, perfect. Um, Okay. But here's the thing. So Notre Dame last year, um, you said they haven't had great quarterback play. A lot of injuries to that position the last couple of years. Okay. Um, To Tommy Reese's determined. Um, this year, I'm sorry, last year they opened up on the road in Columbus, right? Mm-hmm. Not a great start. Tyler Buckner starts out great, ends horribly. I think yeah. it was like eight, eight to start the game. They had a lead at halftime, all that kind of stuff. This year you start out against Navy in Ireland, Tennessee State at home, Eddie George's, Eddie George's team. You get a Devin Leary-less NC State team on the road, come back home for Central Michigan, you should be 4-0. Then we get to watch Sam Hart men yeah (laughs) sam hartman (laughs) under the lights on september 23rd host ohio state i am very excited about that game i think that is a great game and i think that you look at the rest of the schedule let's play this out let's say they win that game at home yeah play it out what's the rest of the schedule i was just about to do that okay all right i'm just um okay so you get you get Notre Dame goes to Duke. That could be if they win that game. That's sneaky. Um, then you're on the road at Louisville. You come back uh, against USC. Also, keep in mind they haven't had a week off yet. 
Okay. They're going to play six games. They're, they're going to play half their schedule in the first month of the season. Like they, they play six games bef- by September 30th. So they're another one of those teams that if they go undefeated for September, then they're going to be cooking in the national media. Without a doubt. Without, especially, especially with the way that'll end when you talk about them playing Ohio State. Then you have USC at home, right? So you get Ohio State and USC at home. Stanford on the road to end the season. Wake Forest at home before that. Um, they're oddly taking a they, – they, they play USC, take a week off, and play Pitt at home. That's a win. Then they go on the road to Clemson. Now, I have a lot of issues with whoever made the schedule. But Notre Dame at Clemson is going to be tough. I would say right now, looking at that schedule, that's the only surefire loss I see. Yeah. So it's close, but it's at home. Yeah. So Sam Hartman. So I'm going to go with a six. You go with an eight. Yeah, that's it. All right. All right. You give me one. Uh, At Jack's cat. 0711 says, will coach prime take the Buffaloes to a bowl game in his first season at Colorado after a roster overhaul? No, no, not even close. I'm not excited for that. I'm excited to watch and see if it goes the other way, like all yeah. this hype from the off season. Oh, like we've got the number one transfer portal class. Or I don't know if it still is, but yeah, it's like, cause you brought in the most players cause you kicked off every single player on your team, basically. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of these guys that they brought in through the portal, like weren't that great. Like I can speak from, from uh, like a roster perspective. Cause they brought in like four or five guys from Florida state. I think only one of those players had any chance of getting significant minutes this year. And he was like a like good backup at the end. Like, so like those were the guys they were hyping up. I, I just don't really see they, they won one game last year. Like, and Shador Sanders, like Deion son is the QB. Like, yeah, he, he blew up the FCS level, but like, let's see what happens when you play like USC, UCLA, yeah. Oregon, Oregon State, like, no, they're not making a bowl this year. I, I, I this is like a, I'm excited to watch it. Like it's a seven or eight for me. I'd say seven in terms of just watching it. But as far as like me being excited about them making a bowl game, no, I, they're not going to make a bowl game. So no, I have mine at a six because I, because yeah. I'm just like, I don't know what the schedule is. I know it's t- like, like there's somebody here. I'll bring it up real quick. Somebody brought up this up the other day. They were like, you know, Coach Prime's going to have the craziest uh, first month out of any coach in recent memory. It's like you open up with the, like the defending national champ runner-ups, and then you got to play uh, Nebraska at home, which is like your your oldest rivalry, right? Then you have your in-state rivalry. Then you got to go on the road at Alton. Then you got to play a Heisman Trophy winner. So in his first five games, he's on the road at TCU. That's a loss. Um, take the over in that by a thousand, by the way. Um, you get Nebraska at home, that's probably a loss. Colorado State at home, that's a win. On the road at Oregon, that's a bad loss. USC at home, that's a bad loss. What you're looking at is a one and four start. At best, at the very best, you can look at that schedule and say they might go two and three. They might beat Nebraska at home. Yeah, and, and, and here's the thing is when, when you have your entire roster built out of transfers. Right. How bought are how bought in are they at that point if you're one and four? That is the hard thing that he has not had to do as a coach yet. That right. like that is the thing I think about Deion Sanders that we haven't seen yet because everything, and to an extent, I'm not saying anything, I don't know Deion personally or anything like that, but to an extent, this is a dude that has become so mesmerizing from a fan standpoint for years. I mean, it's prime time, it's Dion, Neon Dion, all that kind of shit. People love I love Dion, you love Dion, we all love Dion. But he hasn't really had to go through the most difficult things professionally that we've seen. Like, right. you know, this is a guy that was hosting a fucking podcast in the middle or like a co-host on a podcast while he was head coach of a football team last year. Like, you're not going to have time weird. to do that kind of shit. Like, no. like this is not this is not the same. So I, I just what I think is you get to there. Maybe like maybe you beat Arizona. Maybe you beat Arizona State. Uh, you know, like yeah. their corners, you're going to have two of the best lockdown corners supposedly in the country. 
with Cormani yeah. McClain and, and, and Travis Hunter, we haven't seen either one of them play at this level mm. at all. Nah. So I, I just, I think that like, it'll be interesting, but I, by, I'm trying to think by the time the leaves start changing, this is a forgotten story. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Let's do one more here. Uh, um, let's go know, with uh, give more, give more from Instagram. Well, you go. All right, ahead, go well, ahead. We'll all right, all right. So on Twitter at FC Drew Campbell had five questions. We're gonna do one. Um, let's go with can Napier coach can Napier coach his way to seven and five until the talent compiles. I like this question because yeah. it's it is really a great question, and I'm I'm like a nine on on like excited to see this. Even as a Florida State fan, it's like you know take the bias aside. It's like there's two there's two different things going on at Florida right now. There's the on the field, which is you just had a top three because because Richardson went four. Okay, so top four pick at QB, the most important position in sports. And you went, you you barely made a bowl, and you got absolutely destroyed in the bowl when he didn't play. Right. You had to kick a field goal with basically no time left oh. to avoid being shut out for the first that time in bad. like 30 years. Um, so you've got the on-the-field results, and I don't think they're going to get too much better. I think their Vegas win total is five and a half. Uh, and it's six and a half, but still. Okay, but still, right. So you're on the cusp of baking a bowl. Right. And – on the off the field thing, you're doing pretty well. Like not maybe the best you could be doing, but you're doing pretty well. You got top 10 class last year. You've got a really good class forming this year with a five-star QB waiting in the wings to sign in 2024 for now. So you're going to have to show success because in today's day and age, it's like, what have you done for me lately? If you barely made a bowl last year with some pretty decent, talent i mean not great but decent enough you still lost to vandy you shouldn't do that at florida um can you win enough games to sustain recruiting because if you go five and seven this year i'm not sure you retain the class and i'm not sure if you retain the big qb and so it's going to be a fascinating story to watch for me so i've got a nine on my personal excitement for that okay i like that um i I'm going to, for that one, like you kind of answered well enough. I'm, I'm going to say, I think it's a really good question. Cause I don't think, I, I don't think that seven fives out of reach. I do think eight wins is the ceiling. I, I, I just worry about like, but, but here's the thing. We've all doubted Florida almost every single year since Mullen was there really like going into a season. We didn't think Kyle Trask was going to be who Kyle Trask was. You know, not a lot of us thought Felipe Franks was going to be, I mean, Felipe Franks put up 27 and six. Like it was nothing, and we all kind of just like were, you know, pretend like it wasn't a, he wasn't any good at quarterback. Still, this is a team that, despite making, wasn't great because he's a tight end now. But I get your point. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, like <laughs> yeah, it's fair, very fair. But I mean, like, I, I'm just saying that in the in the grand scheme of things, this is a team that has has constantly, not even just from Georgia fans and, and rival fans, has kind of gotten like the short end of the stick on any kind of, you know, giving the benefit of the doubt of how great they're going to be. Um, I, but I do worry about that schedule, man. I do worry about that schedule. I think they're in a great position early against Tennessee to like that is a game that could hinge on like like the rest of their season could hinge on greatly because you're either one and two or two and one. Yeah. After that game. Okay. Uh, last one. And this one I was actually pretty excited about. Um, <laughs> side note one said, one said, uh, the last year of Gary Danielson. Um, <laughs> which is pretty funny obviously yeah. but damn it hold on where'd it go i just had all of it uh it's a typical sec one sorry even as a, this is from matt rh714 he said even as an sec fan i'm legit intrigued by the decency of the pac-12 i think that the how wide open the playoffs are um and the pac-12 being back is going to be something really interesting to watch now for me I'm going to say 10 out of 10. And I thought about this earlier today. I'm I'm like kind of all in on the fact that I think the Pac-12 is the third best conference in the in the in the, in the country. SEC yeah. Big 10 Pac-12 and I 
don't think it's super close top to bottom mm. from a quarterback standpoint you think about all the talent that left the sec now you're in like ohio state doesn't have a quarterback i i'm not sold on jj mccarthy being like an elite level he's gonna put up great numbers because they don't fucking play anybody but like i'm not sold on him being elite it, the big 10 he's got a, like drew alar is gonna be fun to watch but the pac 12 bo nix is being talked about as a legit first round pro, like prospect and i saw somebody today say like Oh, this is Will Will Levis 2.0. Well, Will Levis went like he was projected in the first round by everyone. And if, if Bo Nix went in the first 10 picks of the second round next year, still pretty damn impressive from where he was two years ago. And let's be honest, Bo Nix was a lot better than Will Levis last year. A lot better. He had 42 so, touchdowns and and like yeah, I, I could jump on that all day. I, I think I think that's a great point. I will say this. I think I think the Pac 12. It's going to be so much fun. I, I honestly hope they don't cannibalize themselves. But I think that this year, I thought about this earlier, people talk about how great the 2007 cultural season was, like ad nauseum, how great it was all the time, right? In my opinion, 2014 was so much better than, 20, than 2007. Because you didn't have like, like 2007, you had teams like South Florida and Rutgers at number two in the country. And that's when they were in the Big East. And it was like, you just kind of knew that was going to fall off at some point. Like South Florida and Rutgers weren't going to play for a national championship, right? Like <laughs> right, yeah. I, in 2014, you had like the first playoff ranking that came out. It was the first year of the playoff. You have a, a team led by a, a blue blood, led by a third string quarterback that beats Bama in the first round and then beats the Heisman Trophy winner in the, in the national championship. I think you had a team from the SEC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and ACC. And I think that's what a lot of people want to see anyway is like, not two teams from the same conference, whether it's the SEC or Big Ten. I kind of like that, man. I, th- I think it would be like a, I think it'd be awesome to see like a Texas, Ohio State, Florida Bama, State. <laughs> Bama, and like Florida know, State, and, and or or like or like. Listen, what what if you get this year? You get like Penn State, Tennessee, Texas, and and fucking Florida or, State. <laughs> or Florida State. Yeah, my bad, my bad. I didn't realize I kept doing that. But I mean, like, dude, what if the SEC got shut out? That would be that would be crazy. But the it won't happen. But I mean, yeah. like, the the look that you're giving is uncomfortable at best. How excited you just got! All right, let's yeah. go to the next segment. Let's, let's All right, who's out of the Marler? Well, it's someone, or at least a program near and dear to Marler's heart. Yeah, so Alabama baseball. <laughs> I can't say it without laughing. They lost by they lost by seventeen. That's a tough one. That's tough to do in baseball, honestly. Okay, now I I was having a ball doing this. I've, I've been like I said in the, like the the pre show rundown. I've been running social media while Alex Anset is on vacation. Hope he's having a good one. Um, it's been so much fun. But like they they lost by seventeen runs yesterday to Wake. I also, do you know what the spun is? Uh, yeah, I, it's is that like fan sided or whatever? But for Sports Illustrated, I've heard of it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So whoever's if they're listening, which I'm sure they are, because they've stolen so much of my content. Fuck off, first off, because I, I put out a tweet. There, there's a horrible call on the Saturday game. It's not why Alabama lost necessarily, but there's a horrible call. There's a check swing, and it, the the batter clearly went. And and I remember they they called a ball. They said he didn't go. They checked for they checked down the third base umpire, and and he he's like no, he's, he's you know didn't go. I'm like all right, well just next pitch, just don't give up a home run. That's the only bad thing that could happen. They're playing inside of like a fucking little league field. It was 300 to right field and 310 to left left field um, at Wake. And next pitch home run, go ahead home run. They end up winning by one run. The Spun put an article out about that call based purely around my tweet. Use my video, use my a still shot of my picture, and then said, put the tweet in there. And I know they know who I am because they've used all of my shit so many times. And it just said, one fan wrote. And I was like, <laughs> one I was fucking irate, Tyler. No, anyway, but Bama fans, they did not handle this well. Um, I thought it was like, what, Pepper, stop. What are you going to do? It like you lose by 17 runs. It gave off very big Clemson 2018 natty vibes. Like you got yeah. killed. And the only other people that would have been sadder than 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 that, than that was the umpires who were like weirdly. The umpires are so bad. They're, they're so bad. They're so bad. 
it, I'm not saying that Bama should have won the game because of the umpires. I'm not. I, I, a thousand yeah, yeah. percent. Bama gave up in two games. By the way, there were 18 home runs hit in two games. In this, there were there were Tyler. There were 14. 18 between the two teams. Yeah. But how many did Bama give up? Oh, they gave up. They gave up uh, on Saturday alone. They gave up nine. Oh, (laughs) on Sunday alone, they gave up nine. They had. I saw the old eighth run grand or the eighth inning grand slam that (laughs) kind of topped things off for Wake Forest there, dude. Like a no doubter. I made. Oh yeah, the the park was small, but if we're being honest, like (laughs) not all these were like like scraping the back of the fence. Um, but but it was like. And it was like, like Wake Forest also has like one of the best pitchers in the country. Um, I mean, they were really fun to watch. I think that they're going to get evened out a little bit when they go to Omaha, just because Omaha is like a, a professional park. But I mean, it was I, I, like the the thing about the umpires. First off, is when you when you have that many games, like these are for the most part, like they're not getting paid a ton of money, right? So it's like they're not like professional. They're not like, and they, and they face no repercussions. They can be as bad as they want. I posted, go look at my Twitter, go at Vern Funquist and look at the strike zone for both sides. Because I, I posted it for both sides. It was brutal all day long. And you get it all across the country because yeah. you have so many games you got to cover. But they are just like fucking, I mean, we talk about Georgia fans being horny for disrespect last year. Umpires, college umpires are horny as fuck for disrespect. <laughs> anyway. All right, in our last, our last segment of the, of the week here, uncensored moment of the week, we're bringing it back here. It's hey, got to uh, be Baby Gronk's dad. What is Th- wrong? This with that? guy, what is wrong with him? So, it, like, there were multiple big outlets that were kind of outing him for trying to get his son, who's like ten, uh, big, and he like you know he went on LSU's campus and he did a little like very creepy video with Livy Dunn, who like might be one of the hottest chicks out there. Thank God she's over. 20 because that'd be weird to say if not so that's just um, over, over 18 <laughs> yeah uh i saw she he was on florida state's campus he did a little video with some cheerleaders um but his dad is like basically pimping him out and yeah. it really went viral when like will compton from barstool who was like a former nfl athlete basically out of the guy did a video he's like got you know listen man like quit doing this like your son's like you know he's gonna fall big time at some mm-hmm. point, and like everyone's gonna make fun of him because of you. Like you're yeah. ruining your own son. Todd Murnovich, man. Todd Murnovich all over again. Yep. And he basically was like, "I wonder how many like media outlets have actually got a DM." And then like every single person associated with Barstool was like, "Here's my my DM that I got from him," and it was like Taylor Lewan, Casey Smith, like the PMT guys. We got a DM from Baby Gronk's dad. See if he uncensored? No, no, we didn't. I just made that up. Uh, we did at SDS. Yeah, we did SDS. Yeah, I, like and and multiple. And it's like, how much? How much can we pay you to do a collab? Like, like I'll say. I'll tell you what. Straight up, I don't think anyone's gonna think this is a secret. It was a different time in my life, and things are going better now, guys. <laughs> you were like, but he posted something. Venmo, like, Venmo me, yeah, Chris app, and I was like. if you would have seen it um, can you imagine us interviewing baby gronk on this podcast i don't think we would we we should do it we should be the only media outlets like you know what no you know you know who's interviewing him right you know who's interviewing his dad no he's fucking jason brown from uh uh yeah uh netflix show yeah yeah like one of the worst humans imaginable. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't like that's that, I didn't that, even know that, he had a that, podcast. That's that's him, him and then what's the guy's name who like hit his wife and was it Ohio State for so long that like uh, uh Maurice Claret? <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with you? No, Zach Smith. And then it was Sorry. like Yeah, that's not funny. Um, Zach Smith is on there. It, but no, the whole thing is just so bad. It's just like it's so weird. It's we've so gotten messages from him. It, it and he's like I like he, he made the point he's like we're trying I'm trying to put a million dollars in this kid's pocket before he's 18 we're trying to do this and that blah blah and that's great are you really or are you trying to put it in your own pocket and also like I just have a heart like, new rule new rule okay if a kid can't pronounce his fucking R's yet you don't get to be 
famous. Like nothing, he, nothing against speech impediments. Nothing against speech impediments. We're not gonna. Yeah. We're not gonna speech shame, kink shame, kink shame. Nothing. You're big. We and at some point we're gonna go over your kink shame things. It's very weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I, it's so bizarre because like because like the stuff he does isn't even like it's not even all football related. Like if he was like I'm the best, I'm the best football related or you know i'm the best football player in my do we life. even know like what this kid like he's well he's like 10 so he's i don't playing, really need to look at him but like with a padded weird ass helmet at like seven on seven style who knows where and he's he's bigger than everyone right now he, he is the kid that's like that his is haircut is horrible the haircut is terrible he can't pronounce his r's and then and then again on, we don't shame that, speech like, impediments but you know i mean but still so he, we're, we're missing the end of the finals right now. I'm so pissed. Um, yeah, we're, we're but like, up. but the other thing is too, he, he is like, like somebody, like people are coming out and like eating this up as like actual content. And they're like, like, I know what we're doing right now, but people are like, dude, the 2030 number one player, like I getting on TikTok and seeing anyone talk sports and do that voice is like, yeah, baby Gronk this weekend said the 2030 number one player in all the country is committed to LSU, and then it's like, no, he's That's not. The worst. No, he's not. And then today, somebody came out with an article. They were like, "Baby Gronk only has one real offer." Well, no fucking shit. He's ten years old. <laughs> yeah, ten. He's ten. Like, what are we talking? And the about? offer was from Lane Kiffin. Right, right. Also, if we're doing the uncensored bummer of the week, I'm going to say the greatest tweet. I know this is messed up, and it's a little dark, and that's why we're going to end on it. But the greatest tweet that came out from all this was somebody said, will baby Gronk meets my son, baby Aaron Hernandez. That's tough. That's a tough one. Close it out, Tyler. Too soon. All right. That's the end of the show. As always, we really appreciate you all listening to the show. It would really help us and the growth of the show. If you would rate us five stars on Apple and Spotify, leave a review just like cheat queen did on Apple podcasts. It's a weird name. I will say, but, but they, they left a five star here by far. One of my favorite podcasts each week. Marler is hilarious, and no matter who is on the show, the banter is always great. I also feel like a lot of research goes into each show, which is extremely appreciated. Solid work, M-I-Z. So shout out to Cheat Queen. Uh, weird name, but that's cool. Cheat Queen. Like and subscribe to the YouTube page. Don't forget to check out the SDS podcast as well weekly with Connor O'Gara. And check out all of our videos and clips from the show at sat down south and at cfb underscore uncensored that's it for this week for chris i'm tyler thanks for listening hope you guys have a great week see you next week